just be the best you you can be. That's that's how we all do this. Just really come from the pure place of your heart and don't doubt anything. Don't doubt who you are. Don't be afraid. You are unlimited and we are infinite beings and we are meant to express that in every second of our being. And so don't play small. You know, don't be arrogant. Be loving and kind and humble, but definitely don't be afraid. There is absolutely nothing to be afraid of. And enjoy the journey. It's just so much fun, you know? Just enjoy it all. And uh be the best you you can be. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. It's always beautiful to see you all again. And you think I can't see you through Zoom? I can. <laughs> I'm a bit off the air again this morning. <laughs> I have, um, please, you know, I say to him, like and subscribe and share the shows with your friends and do all that stuff. I really appreciate it. When you leave a comment, the algorithms pick that up and the more comments under the shows, the um, the more they share the shows with others. But anyway, aside from all that, I've got the beautiful and delicious Debs Shakti on the show with me today. Welcome, Debs. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. I am so honored to be here. I adore you. So I feel like you're a soul twin. So uh, soul sisters, you know, <laughs> ask whatever you like. I'm an open book, and most of the time, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth anyway. So <laughs> we'll Hallelujah. see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, darling. I hear you. So this is a bit of synchronicity that happened. I had somebody else booked in because I, you know, I booked the show months in advance. But um, she didn't get back to me. We had a nice email exchange and then the email exchange stopped and the booking that I had for her wasn't confirmed. And so after I spoke to John, uh, uh, so for people that don't know, Debs is the healer and the hypnotherapist in the film Alien Abduction Answers with John Yost by John Yost. And I had John on the show last week. And uh, and, and I was just saying, um, Debs and I connected through Facebook, I think, and and I said, you know what? The person that I had booked in for this week has not confirmed. Would you like to jump in like synchronistically just after I've spoken to John instead of it being months, you know, afterwards? Yeah. And, yeah. So, and so this happened, you know, and they love the way the universe does that. But for people that don't know about who Debs is and hasn't seen the film because you feature in the film, you're kind of like the star of the film in many ways, even though Whitley, Whitley Strieber is uh, a oh. big part of the film. Yes. John sent me the film and I watched it just you know, like the night before I chatted with him. Let me read your bio. So Deb says, I just love everyone, our planet and everything that makes up life. I'm doing my best to work my purpose, my dharma, to assist as many people as possible to become consciously balanced and sustained in self-awareness, most of all, to be and share and teach love. Debs has had incredible lifelong contact and consciousness experience coming into this world with all her superpowers 
turned on, <laughs> perceiving and working multidimensionally as an open channel and energy worker. The most popular group she channels are the group of entities known as the star teachers or simply the teachers who say they are us who have evolved to a higher frequency and are assisting us humanity with the ascension right now. Deb's Shakti is globally a globally renowned and professional quantum hypnotherapist, 40 years of service, an open channel offering professional PSI services, including energy alchemy, ET contact and paranormal experience counseling. She's a lifelong yogi and has 50 years of teaching yoga, including breath work, meditation and sound therapy mantra. She is also a national champion martial artist, fitness instructor, competitor, and a published author who lovingly hosts a longstanding local CE5 contact and consciousness group. That sounds like fun. I wish I was in your group. Oh. <laughs> and is an active Me member of several international CE5 contact teams researching the infinite nature of consciousness deb offers offers personal sessions as well as group experiences and workshops retreats conferences being a presenter and guide her personal life is spent loving her family husband two sons four grandchildren and their mothers and two rambunctious rescue dogs <laughs> organic oh, yeah. gardening ecoactivism hiking and looking up at the stars and um, obviously we've just said that you're in the film Alien Abductions and you've written many books, including mm -hmm. Kickboxing for Women, Dojo Wisdom. What's Dojo? Martial Arts for Dummies. What's Dojo? Mm -hmm. Dojo is the, um, you think of when you go to practice yoga, at least in the Western world, you go to a yoga studio, a dojo is where you go to learn and practice martial arts. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. But but Dojo Wisdom, I'm just... Uh, in the book and featured in the book as my my good friend and one of my teachers writes about it, it's kind of uh, metaphors from martial arts training that we've done together and she puts it into real life situations so it's kind of like uh well it's kind of like the I Ching mm -hmm. only in modern terms so right hope that yeah, yeah. you know I, I want to talk about the teachers that channel through you and, and their message because uh, yes. I'm loving that. But let's start with the film and how John found you. How did John find you to open up his consciousness to remember what was happening? So in the film, he's had um, some experiences and he's got missing time and then he's trying to sort it all out and he finds you. How did that happen? Mm, serendipitously, like everything in my life, I met John through a dear friend who is in the uh, CE5 community, the contact community. And he asked me to, uh, he invited me to a meeting with John and another uh, person who John was uh, working with on, a, on another film. They, it was just an introductory meeting. Like they just wanted to find out more about who I was because at one of these uh, major CE5 training retreats that we uh, worked at together, uh, right in the middle of contact, in the middle of the night, you know, we're out there in, this, in the boonies outside in the dark in a circle with all these people. And I guess I started channeling spontaneously. 
uh, I never know. And my friend literally recorded it. He, he got the, the recorder right up there and recorded the whole thing. And it was like a message to the world. And it, it was very profound. I don't remember it at all. And But anyway, he wanted to share it with John and, and uh, this other person who was interested in making a movie about contact because they thought they might want to, you know, put a little bit of that in the film, um, amongst many other things. So I had a little meeting with these people, fell in love with both of them. But during the meeting, I was so distracted because I kept getting, you know, I don't, I will not look at someone else's, you know, energy field or their aura or whatever you want to call that. I don't look unless I'm asked, you know, and, but John was just transmitting all kinds of pain and uh, I don't know, stealthiness and everything, but you know, he's like, he look, he's just the most open person you could ever want. Anyway, uh, long story short, the meeting was wonderful. It was hopeful. Uh, but afterwards I had this nagging, you know, the, the teachers kept saying, you need to contact him and give him a session right away. He's in pain. And I'm I thought, my gosh, I don't even have his phone number. I think I have an email address, but he doesn't know me from Adam other than this little, you know, half hour conversation. And he's a big time film producer, blah, blah, blah. No, he'll think I'm crazy because he really wasn't that much into all that stuff back then. But for two days, they kept up. I couldn't sleep. They were just like, you know, smacking me in the face with a board saying you have to contact us. So I sent him an email and I just said, you know, I'm being told that I need to gift you a session, that um, you're in pain, you're, you're withholding something and it's causing you pain. And then I hit send and I'm like, oh, that was so embarrassing. Well, the same day I got a message back and he said, how do you know? You know, and then so we, we talked, we, he called and we talked and he, he started to tell me a little bit of his story, what he felt he could share because he's very closed about it at first and uh, that's how we met and that's how we started working together but please know it took a year and a half maybe two years at least a year and a half before he would go into that particular situation to you know to see what he called the the big one with the experience that you see in the movie um so anyway but he uh we did some little mini ones, happy little ones, you know, where he could get used to being going through the hypnosis, through the quantum hypnosis and feel secure that he was going to be okay. So he had a lot of fear. And then, uh, and then I didn't hear from him for a while. And, and then one day he called me and he said, I'm ready to do the big one. And I said, good, let's, let's get you on the books and, and let's do this. And, he said, no, I, I think you don't understand. I'm ready to do the big one, but I want to do it real time on film. I think it'll be helpful to others. And uh, I had never, I've never allowed even another person in the room, you know, when I'm doing them face to face or even over Zoom, I, it has to be private. I, I was like, "Ooh, I had a whole lot of resistance to that. Like, are you sure you can even handle that with, you know, your film crew and everybody and so we worked it, and it was in the middle of the pandemic, 
when you couldn't travel. But he said, we're going to do this. And it, it just kept working out, working out, working out. So that was the that was the beginning of the film. We, I really thought the film was just going to be about that at first. And then he started realizing, oh, gosh, you know, so I was talking about all the other experiencers I've worked with over the decades. He said, do you think any of them would want to share their story on film? That might really add another dimension to the film. And I, so I queried a lot of people and uh, we came up with the ones that you see in the film. Unfortunately, we had some other really great ones who couldn't because there were still travel bans, but, um, but we're, we're glad because we think they're going to be in the next one. So it'll be great. It'll be perfect. But that's how that happened. It's so brave of people to share their story, you know, on film oh. like that. Uh, you know, I, I do it all the time with people, guests that I have on the show. But there are so many people out there that have amazing stories that they'll never share with anybody because they're just so scared. And, yeah, like John was, you know, just sort of uh, gripped in fear of yeah. what the whole thing was. Um, but, yeah, he does. So he does share his hypnotherapy session with you. Uh, so your quantum hypnotherapy, did you develop that yourself or did you, uh, is that? I, I say I did, but, but let's just, let's just put things to right here. Cause people always ask me, did you study with Dolores Cannon? Right. Hers is called quantum, quantum healing, healing hypnotherapy. Yeah. And I had not ever heard of Dolores Cannon until about 10 or 12 years ago. Um, I started out in clinical, I started out with clinical psych and then the emphasis was on hypnosis and biofeedback. I worked at the, um, uh, the PhD program for clinical psychology at a major university here, uh, where I live. And, uh, I worked directly with, with the Dean of the program. And so, you know, we did tons of research, wrote tons of books, blah, blah, blah. And that's where I started. But in clinical, you know, early on, I started, you know, he, he'd be supervising me. It's like, you know, you, you can't do that energy stuff while you're in the session. You know, you can't tell people that someone else is speaking through you when you're trying to, you know, counsel them. And so early on, and he was very sweet, but he said, you can't do that in the clinical setting. you going to have to make a decision you know it's it's this or this but you can't have it both and I said well I'm just going to go off on my own then because I, I felt like that's an that's an incomplete it's a disservice to the person you're working with if you have other gifts and can't use them so uh I was very I've always been very scientific minded and I was very very interested just starting to learn about quantum uh, physics and suddenly realized all of this work that's happening we weren't just going I wasn't just regressing people to their childhood or their babyhood but to what one would call past lives and back then that was even taboo to talk about but in studying quantum physics I realized that's not past lives they're all they're all congruent. They're all happening all at once together forever. Right. And you just, you have to tune into the right one to get the right information because people kept going to what you would call the future or a different planet or a different dimension or 
inexplicable things. So the process sort of evolved organically as I was working with people with that liberated kind of construct. Um, when I did find out about Dolores Cannon, I was a little bit miffed. I'm like, gosh, I should have trademarked that name a long time ago. She's making tons of money. You know, I didn't know who she was. And then I started reading her books and listening to her lectures. And I thought, what in the world? And I actually have a friend who was trained under her. So I said, I want a session of that. I want that and you do it with me. The verbiage is almost exactly the same. The process is almost exactly the same. The only difference is I bring in some, I think they're pre-yogic techniques, but ancient techniques for breath work, mantra, and uh, some other things to prepare the person to activate the pineal gland, the third eye, so that you can receive and tune into these other uh, realities better. Uh, so I give people homework before they can come to my session and homework afterwards. So that's the only difference. But so in meditation, I was asking, how can this be? How can this be? We're, we're saying a lot of the things even just verbatim, exactly the same. And immediately the answer came back. This process was placed in the global grid of third dimensional earth life about 60 to 70 years ago of your time and around a thousand people were in the proper vibration where they could receive it and you are one of them she was one of them everybody did what they were supposed to do with it she went off and and did all the fantastic things she did and i continued to just work with clients and be of service to people that way and they said uh some people never did anything with it. Just, you know, it was a cool thing that they learned. So like everything, I think uh, that we are inspired to develop or learn, it's there in the field. And you have to just be in the right place at the right time to tune into it and receive it. And then you have free will to do with it what you will. But it's it's been a weird it was weird enough before that happened, but then after I found that out, I'm like, wow, I I feel very honored, but but it works. It works so well. It's amazing. Absolutely. I, I kind of knew that when I saw you in the film, but I, I needed to ask that question because I know that everybody's like, she doing because yeah, I mean Dolores, yeah, Dolores took it and ran with it and has it's made a it queen. Yeah, she's, you know, but you know, what I love about what you're doing, which she doesn't teach and she didn't do, and she was very adamant about it. She's like, now I'm not psychic. I'm not psychic. This isn't me. And she was very adamant about not being psychic and letting the information come purely from her clients. But I actually think as a psychic and someone who does this work, being psychic is so much well, I can't say it's better, but it, it helps the process. So, you know, because you, because people can get stuck in their fear. And when you're kind of in there with them and you can see their fear and you can see what they're looking at and what they don't want to look at, you can help oh, yeah. them. And then the teachers, like I remember I had a client like, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I asked a question like, his mother had died when he was a kid. 
and he had oh. grieved the loss of his mother like he was too into and that he'd held on to a guilt that said was it my fault that she died and he was in his 60s this guy and um, oh wow so I remember asking a question and he said no and then the guides popped in and they said like teachers like they don't tell you what to do they just guide you like a teacher yeah. would guide you and said ask a different question, ask the same question in a different way. And so I asked the same question in a different way and it had a completely different response from him and he just burst into tears as he had this incredible realisation. So having that guidance, you know, it's like having the teachers with you that are guiding you through your session as well as guiding the client. And I think that's that's the next step in quantum hypnosis. It really is. I do too. And you're seeing a lot of people branch out from what one would call the traditional QHHT modality. You know, Dolores had a very, very adamant rule that you must be in person face to face. And also, I can't remember, there was there were some other differences there. But what and I've asked about that too. Like, am I breaking a rule or something? And they're like, no, this is a different time and everything is accelerated and use the technology that you can use because this technology is training wheels for the greater population for having true telepathy or I, I and a few others like to call it telepathy, uh, you know, heart to heart, you just know what the other person is. Uh, you're, you're just there with the other person. And I have to say that in my sessions, because of, who I am I'm able to I don't just guide them in their journeys I'm literally with them sometimes I'm literally in them and experiencing it the same way they are and then I have the teachers or sometimes their guides also advising and it's just this beautiful comprehensive experience that it it's it's ineffable. It's really hard to describe, but it, it seems to work and people seem to like it. So I'm happy and it, it continues to evolve. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So I was just saying to Debs before uh, we turned on the camera last night, I was um, looking at some YouTubes. I think of people that want to come on the show. I can't remember looking at some YouTubes of people. And in the sidebar, I saw this thing about, um, the Judds, the, the Judd sisters, the singers. And I, my curiosity got the better of me. I looked at it and I found out that um, Naomi Judd had died recently. And I'm like, oh, and so I'm just such a curious person. I always follow. So anyway, so um, uh, this morning, I, I, you know, I had a look at it. I watched the girls and I thought I'd let it go. And then, you know, slept, woke up this morning and Naomi Judd is still in my head. And I'm like, what? And she starts <laughs> talking to me from spirit. She's like, I want to talk. I want to talk. So I was sharing that with Des before. And you were sharing a beautiful story that happened with you and Whitley. Do you want to share that mm-hmm. with us? Sure. Yeah. You know, um, for those who have seen the movie and those who haven't, Whitley Strieber is highly featured in our movie. And we're so grateful. What an experience. Uh, He's kind of the person who helped me, you know, early on realize, oh, I'm not crazy that I've seen that face, you know, the cover of the iconic face on the cover of communion. That book literally fell off of a bookshelf in the bookstore when I was looking for a potty training book 
when I was a young mother, it was not even in the right place. It fell off and hit me on the foot. And there's that face. And I thought, I've seen that face before. So I bought that book instead. But so from 1987 on, I've always wanted to at least meet him at some conference or something and say, and tell him, you know, I'm sure people tell him that all the time. But I, I really, that was a dream of mine. And then lo and behold, through all kinds of bizarre little things, he winds up in our movie. So I not only get to tell him, but, you know, become a friend and, uh, and just, he's just beautiful. But as many people do not know, his beloved wife, Anne, who he calls Annie, passed away a few years ago. And they were like peas in a pod, inseparable, uh, although very different. Uh, and he, no matter, you know, on his podcast for Dreamland, on podcasts or interviews, he always seems to have her picture behind him, which I think is beautiful. And he wears two wedding rings. He wears her wedding ring and his. That's how devout uh, of a husband he is. But anyway, so he's, we're interviewing him in the movie and uh, we're off camera in front of him. John's asking him the, the provocative questions. He's being filmed. He's so wonderful. But he starts to talk about Annie's passing because it's, it's important. We actually filmed uh, footage that will be in vignettes later on uh, available, especially like on the DVD about this. She plays a big part. But anyway, so he's telling this story of the, how they fell in love, how they got married, their life together, and then eventually how she passed. And it was heart-wrenching. And in the middle of that part, he kind of became very emotional and, and we had to cut film for a while. Well, during the time he was becoming very emotional and, and crying, the picture came alive. I'm facing him and that picture is right behind him. And the picture came alive. She's kind of looking off this way, kind of wistfully in this gorgeous black and white photograph. And suddenly she turns looks at me then she looks at him and goes <laughs>, laughs and then goes back into being the picture and I was gobsmacked now I've seen a lot Karen I have seen a lot in my life but that took the cake and so you know he was really emotional I, I and we cut film I went over and gave him a hug and I wanted to console him and I said I you're going to think I'm crazy, but seriously, Annie's picture came alive just now. And he sat up and he said, really? What'd she do? Like it wasn't a big deal. And I said, well, you know, she, she kind of looked at me and then she looked at you and went and rolled her eyes and then went back into the picture and he goes, that's exactly what she would do. She would say, fuck it up with fuck it up you know and he's like that I know that was her that was her she was really here and he said she does that with certain people you know she must like you and then it it was the, the air kind of cleared so anyway ever since then now like Naomi Judd with you I've got Annie on my shoulder she's in my meditations she's in my my out-of-body experiences she's in my dreams she's with me when I'm hiking and she's a really great advisor, but you, you know, I might be in a business meeting and she 
butts in. I'm listening to Annie. So <laughs> she's I've got learned. she's got a lot to say. Uh, uh, she does. Yeah, she's got a lot to say. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here thinking about putting um, putting a few people on a round table that have all had loved ones pass, and that from the other side, they're all teachers from the other side and communicating through them like that contract that they've had together um anyway because it just seems to be prevalent in my life right now somebody reached out to me her son had passed and I've, I've put a lot of people on the show like that whose son or husband or wife has passed and from the other side they're um guiding them and teaching through them and and they are so oh. chatty like like Naomi was like she said to me I was chatty in my life and I'm still chatty I got a lot to say <laughs> I got a lot better perspective on it now than I did when I was physical and I'm like okay heaven help you sister (laughs) I hope you get some sleep (laughs) anyway they've got a lot to say and and you were sharing with me that uh Whitley has written a lot uh from Annie's teachings so he's yeah Whitley the all the really as far as I know and and you can look in the you know the front covers of these books but I think all the books he's written since her passing, he credits her as co-author. Mm-hmm. She literally, I with a lot of them, especially after Life Revolution, which is actually the story of this and and more, um, she's dictating to him. Beautiful. And uh, you know, he has said over the years that 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 weird little implant that was in his ear or behind his ear that was so painful and everything and. He kept wanting to have it removed and she kept saying, no, don't do it. Um, but she would never say why. He says that is kind of the, that was his training wheels, his permission slip for her consciousness to start coming through right after she passed. I don't wow. think he needs it anymore, but that's right. what it was for. It was like his own personal radio receiver for her. Wow. Isn't that wheels. beautiful? Yes. It really is. Yes. Training he, I think he tried twice to have it removed and both times the doctor could not remove it. It would move. Huh? And after that, Annie, and Annie said, don't take it out. So she must have known or at least had an inkling about what it was for. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it is. It really is. It really is because, you know, we get so caught up in our logical minds and we block ourselves from receiving that subtle energy and um, having a, a little implant that kind of accelerates, activates, I don't know, accentuates that energy so that you can feel it stronger. And then once, yeah. you're, and once you've acclimated to, you don't need it anymore. Yeah, that's fascinating. I've <laughs> never heard that before. Yeah, but- training wheels. I'm, I'm saying that's a, and, and really what the teachers have told me, cause I get marks all the time. You know, I, like I had a triangle mark on my hand just a few days ago, just after I woke up, there it was wow. Looks like a bruise, but it's not. Uh, and then it goes away. Um, and you know, I have had many clients come and say that they've had implants and they're, they're afraid. They don't know what that means, but the teachers especially tell me that they're all beneficial like that. They, they have different purposes. Like some, help the person not die from an autoimmune disease or something you know they all have these different little purposes but they're benevolent and they're assisting and so 
you know, I'm just on that end of the spectrum. People think I'm too Pollyanna, but I have seen way too much to think anything else at this point. Yeah, and where your focus goes, energy flows too. So the more Pollyanna you are, the more you attract positive experience and the more negative True. you are, the more you attract negative experience. I mean, like, why wouldn't you be Pollyanna? Um, yeah. But, but let's get into your story. I, I'd love, so you hit the ground running, um, awake with all your um, abilities or some people call them gifts, I call them abilities. I think we all have the ability to do what, what you do and what I do and what, you know. I'm, I do too. Uh, when did it all, when did you kind of realize who you were exactly and when did the teachers introduce themselves to you oh some good questions I well I when I was a very young child I mean my first contact experience that I can truly remember I was probably three two and a half three years old but before that even I lived multi-dimensionally I there I even had another well I had many other beings you know interacting with me um, but I had an entire other family overlaid my physical family experience. And, you know, my parents just thought I was an imaginative kid and played along with it, but they all had names. I knew the occupation of the father, the, what the mother did, what the children did, what they look like, everything. And, you know, they just thought, well, children have imaginary friends and she's just, you know, expanded it but that wasn't true. It was, I was just seeing into different frequencies and able to interact with them uh, concurrent to this one. You know, we'd be sitting at the dinner table and I'm talking to my physical father and over here I'm talking to my, my dimensional mother, you know, at the same time. So, uh, so I thought everybody lived that way. I didn't know till I went to school and I, I went to Catholic school and immediately got sent home with a note that said, she thinks she talks to Jesus and we need to tell her that she can't. And I'm like, well, isn't that why we're here in this, you know, you know, and then I went back and I asked some other questions about, you know, the book of Genesis, like it didn't make sense to me and no offense to anyone here who, who is a, a Catholic or a Christian or anything, all faiths are good they all I think are all based in truth so when the humans start organizing is when it all kind of goes awry but anyway I, I quickly realized when I was in school that no one was having the experiences that I was and I be I was already kind of introverted but I became very very introverted and I had a very rich inner life um I would have rather died than answer a question out loud in school after that. But anyway, uh, it got squelched for a few years. But fast forward, you know, to my my early teen years when I became a yogi by sheer serendipity too. At that time was about when that the revolution happened, you know, the late 60s and the hippies and all that. And I was like, these are my people. They're starting, you know, they were having consciousness awakenings, you know, maybe via LSD or, or a meditation or whatever, transcendental meditation. But I could talk to people about these things and they actually not only accepted it, but many of them were having those experiences too, including all the ET stuff and the angel stuff and the spirit stuff and the guides. And uh, so 
I would say around age 13 or 14, I started realizing, well, this is real. I'm not crazy and I'm not weird. I'm, I, well, I'm weird, but you know, I'm not an alien and I can learn more about it. And that's, you know, I was always very studious. So that's when I started studying uh, ancient philosophy, all the other religions, uh, you know, all the things that I could uh, about the paranormal, everything. And, and it started to make more sense as I started studying chemistry, biology, physics, you know, zoology, all those things. And then ultimately in my early 20s, quantum physics, which put everything together for me. So you asked about the teachers. It's probably been, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago. I was in a session in my office and I was doing energy work on a lady who came to me who was terminally ill. In fact, she was so ill with cancer that they had done everything and she didn't have, they basically sent her home to get her affairs in order. And one of her family members bought her a gift certificate to come to a session with me. And she did not believe in anything that was not, you know, Western medicine. She had no, in fact, she wasn't even religious either. She was just, and she had had it. She's like, all right, I'll go because there's nothing else. And she didn't want to hurt her family members' feelings. So she was here and I, and, and she was lying on a massage table. It was dark in the room with some candles and some music. And I was doing energy work on her. And suddenly the ceiling opened up. There's the star field. There's a huge ship over the office. And these seven and a half, eight feet tall, transparent, humanoid type beings came into the room. They were transparent, but they're kind of mirrory. And you could see streams of different colors of light that I'd never seen these colors before going through them. No facial features, just kind of a, you know, mirror face. Loving. And they just... You know, I, they just were tel telepathically saying, we're here to help with this and teach you some new things. Well, one actually came right behind me and slipped my body on and I could see my hands and everything doing different things. And I could, I got all of this information coming into my head really through here. It was like going through a wormhole of symbols and processes and things. Anyway. They all worked on her. We all worked on her. And then just as suddenly as that started, it, it was back to normal. And the session was over. And as I do at the end of my sessions, uh, I have the person sit up. I offer them some, some energy-blessed water and, you know, have them drink, share water. And then I said, how do you feel? And she said, I'm perfect. And I said, oh, really? Because she was very ill when she came in. I said, really? You feel better? And she's like, no, you don't understand. I'm perfect. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm completely perfect. And I said, awesome. Well, wonderful. And do you want to tell me what? Did you have any kind of experience while we were doing the work? And she literally almost word for word told me she saw what I saw. And I told her what I saw 
and we knew that it was real. And so after that, we, um, you know, we said our goodbyes. She went to a follow-up examination about two weeks later and there was no cancer. And she eventually went off and had a great life. Well, immediately after that, they kept coming in and saying, you have to start holding, you know, events where we can speak to more numbers of people than just one-on-one. And so I did. And, um, and people kept saying, well, who is it that you're channeling? We, you know, who do you call them? So I asked and said, we've evolved, we're you having evolved to a higher frequency and we've evolved past duality and the ego desire for a label. And I said, but people want to know, you know, what, what do we call you? And they said, you can call us the star teachers or the teachers. And uh, so they've been with me and assisting ever since. And um, eventually they revealed that they're kind of the main group that has always been with me and uh, you know, not just in this incarnation, but in many incarnations. So, so that's the story. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. a lot. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, uh, when you talk about them, I feel like the color behind you, that deep indigo color, I feel that really mm-hmm. depicts their energy too. That deep yeah. indigo. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. The teachers, I love them. Did they give you any um, information about your multidimensional star lineage? Like, did you ask them those questions? Initially, I did. And I always get my my little hand slapped for that. And anyone who asks that question in a session, you know, when I'm channeling them also gets, you know, lovingly slapped. I asked and I got the same answer everybody else gets. You came from source. Right. Mm-hmm. Stop playing so small and thinking you're only a third dimensional person, maybe coming from a different planet or star system in this universe. This is a speck compared to what reality is, to what they call the cosmic, you know, the cosmic reality. And I said, well, you know, a lot of people want to know where they come from. And they said, yeah. well, you know, with each person, you can tell them where, where the snapshot of what they are right now, what we're looking at right now, where they came from when they weren't on earth, you know, their physical lineage, if they're talking about physical. Um, but for me, most of it is uh, Syrian. Syrian. You know, in, Yeah. Uh, and, and there've been several people who've come to me recently who they get that same answer. And, um, for me, as for a lot of these other people, they say, but it's serious B, not serious A. And they, you know, there's, there's two seriouses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) They're a binary star system and you cannot see serious B without a powerful telescope. But the interesting thing is that there is a tribe in Africa, an ancient indigenous tribe who worships the star gods from Sirius B. They mm. have star charts that they painted on rock caves, uh, you know, 25,000 years ago. 
and the star map shows Sirius B, but they didn't have telescopes back then. Yeah. So how did they know? And they said, that's where we come from. Is that the picture that you had on your Facebook page recently? Those wall drawings? Yeah. Yeah, they look like, yeah. funnily enough, uh, when I looked at that, because when John shared in his hypnosis, he didn't see the robot Astro Man. What, did the, what was the robot called? Whatever Ultraman. Ultraman. Yeah. Ultraman. <laughs> he saw an insectoid. And it was an ant mm-hmm. being. When I was looking at the um, pictures on your Facebook, those rock carvings, they looked like the ant beings, like depiction of the ant yeah. being, like with the, the yeah, antennas. With the and, antennae, right. Mm-hmm, the sort of and you know when, you know, it's hard to compress. His session lasted five and a half, six hours. It was wow. very long because so much was coming out and we didn't yeah. want to cut. Uh, and you know, I only had a short amount of time to be in Pittsburgh. And so we tried to cram it, but, you know, to cram six hours of information into a 92 minute movie, along with everybody else's stories. Yeah. There's a lot that's not in there yet, but there will be more revealed, but, you know, at some point, well, and even in this movie, he says, I'm in a, it, it looks like a cave, you know, it's a underground. And that fits perfectly with those those ant type people um, who, you know, even the, I believe the Hopi or, or some of our indigenous people over here in the United States and South America even have those ant cultures that say they live under the ground. Well, of course they would take him into a cave instead of a spaceship. Mm-hmm. In a right? Eyes. Yeah, because yeah. it collaborates with what I've heard from other people having that experiences with the same type of beings that they are actually in inner earth. And yes. um, yeah, that the, yeah, these ant beings that are like humanoid, like enormous humanoid ants, which seems mm-hmm. crazy, but you know. No, nothing seems crazy to me. I think it's crazy. I've seen so much, Karen. I, you know what scares people in sci-fi movies i'm like yeah well i've seen that but <laughs> you know seen i've seen worse i've seen in more interesting things but uh, a lot of things are starting to come together now they these puzzle pieces are starting to come together aren't they you know um we and and also the 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 visions that shamans and Kudunteros and, and all of these other people, these sacred people have been having with using plant, I call them teachers. Some people call it medicine. Again, there's teachers, these plant teachers, all these visions that they have. And, and they've painted on those rock caves thousands of years ago, look a lot like what people are seeing with these contact experiences now. Yeah, you know? exactly. How can that, how can that be unless it's real and it's consistent and constant, right? So. Yeah, exactly. I I love that your teachers, um, because I had someone on the show, what was her name? I think her name was Debbie as well, uh, who does that specifically. She does um, readings for people telling them about their galactic lineage because people are so curious. and. It's not like you come from those planets because just like the teacher said, you come from source and then from that perspective, you get to play in the cosmos. You know, you get to play like like when I asked them that same question, where do I come from? And they said, you know how you're really curious as a human? I said, yes. They said, do you think that you're any less curious as a soul? And I went, guess not. No, 
you explore everywhere. Everything. <laughs> like you've That's been everywhere. So you, lo- you love to know everything. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, and then That's I said, awesome. so what are the influences? You know, it's not like you come yeah. from the planet, but you have some influences depending exactly. on what you're um, choosing to do with your life here. And they said, right. you know, like Arcturian influences and Palladian and Syrian influences. But, yeah, you can access mm-hmm. any anything when you open when you open your mind you sure can you sure can and I you know I liken it to you know I I call myself a mutt you know my (laughs) my human lineage from both of my parents it's it's very diversified Mm -hmm. but there are certain parts of my heritage that I seem to have embodied you know um I'm not so much you know the tiny bit of Scottish uh, that is in my mother's heritage, but I'm quite a bit Irish from her lineage and, and, and have French qualities from my father's lineage. You know, it's just, so I, I look at it that way. It doesn't mean I didn't come from source, you know, that I came from France. No. Uh, but like you say, it's the influences or the personality the major signatures that you have. Um, so when they do tell someone, well, you know, if you want to know who you are from, from in the physical, uh, you know, originally you're, you came from a planet around star Sirius B. Um, that's fine because beyond that, they probably weren't dimensional. They were probably interdimensional transdimensional they might have been a being of light who knows the other the other you know factions that we can't even imagine now but there are times when i lead especially when i lead groups i'll do group uh quantum experiences i call them quantum immersions people will go somewhere and 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 meet up with another part of themselves another version of themselves that it's not even light. It, it, it might be some kind of energy we don't understand. And yet they get so much information, you know, and then I'll have a person that said I was a toad and it was the most interesting experience I've ever had, you know? So um, a, to- a toad, a toad, like a, like, a like a frog, like a frog. Yeah yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 And the information she got from her quantum twin as that toad was phenomenal. But you, you can never tell. So, you know, we come from we come from everything. I I tend to believe, and no one needs to buy into this, but it goes along with quantum science for me, that we live all lives. There's, you know, Carl Jung said there's only one mind in the universe and it's you. And the reflections of you, you know, we are a fractal holographic jewel that you know looks at itself through many different perspectives you know so um why wouldn't that mean that we live all the lives you know um infinitely and we're just tuning into the different ones and you know and when we see another human being like i'm talking to you i'm literally you're talking to yourself basically. And I tell people that in my sessions, nothing I say comes from me. It's you talking to yourself from another version, but 
humans, you know, this comes from psychology, humans are very outward referring and often don't really trust in what is going on in here, the voices in their head, so to speak. But when they hear it from someone else, it's almost like they have permission to believe it if it, you know, if it resonates. So I think that's why there's more than one of us. I think we like to have those other reflections to interact with or to be angry with or to laugh with or whatever. But uh, yeah, nothing happens in these sessions from me. I'm just there to guide and hold space basically. And it's all coming from the person. Yes. You know, I was going to ask you a question. What, what is the teaching that the teachers most um, teach you? But I think that you've just said it. <laughs> it's like we are one. Well, there We're is all, a, yeah. You, you are that's me and I, you, you're a fractal of me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The oneness. There's another big teaching that they bring in to all the channelings. A lot of the time, you know, up until the movie drop or, or right before the movie, when it got so busy, I would do monthly, just free online zooms um and and channel the teachers and then there'd be interactive you know people could ask questions i need to do another one of those very quickly here they're telling me but basically what their main message since they came became really public is you actually did it you humans did it you at in in this lifetime in this this timeline that we're looking at right now you literally figure it out and jump over that threshold. You hit escape velocity to move up to the next level where you are not in the frequency where there is, you know, um, greed and, and uh, negativity and duality and karmic patterning and all of that. You do it, but you come very frighteningly close to obliterating yourselves before you catch on. So what they're saying is, is things might seem very dire when you look at the world outside of you, if you tend to pay attention to those things. But don't be afraid. Know that those are the signs of the, it's coming to a head. And very soon you're going to realize that uh, working together in harmony and accepting each other's variances is exactly how you live in an equitable uh, and harmonious life. And once you do, your focus is sustained to that next frequency where you already exist as us, but you know, living in a co-creative, equitable, harmonious, and abundant life. You don't deal with this stuff down here anymore this is just one construct and most of most of the humans are finished with that i call it the science lab you know we built a science lab to have some experiences some experiments with each other and we've gotten a, a, as much of it as we need and we're now we want to go play somewhere else it's getting boring and and it's getting ugly so they're saying that we actually did it because if we hadn't succeeded, they wouldn't exist. They call us their future ancestors. 
they say that eventually, you know, we do move up. We we start to get along with each other. We uh, reestablish this as a paradise planet. Um, and then we become much more knowledgeable. Most of us, you know, go off to explore other realms, others, not just physical space, but interdimensional space. And eventually the human race becomes what one would call extraterrestrial or interdimensional. And that's who they are. So that's the main message. Every single channeling that they give, that message is in there. You've already done it. You just have to sustain your focus on that plane of what you want and stop paying so much attention to this negative uh, kind of vibrational state that this timeline has found itself in. Yeah, like you say, this negative construct. Yeah. You know, what I'm seeing and people reaching out to me all the time to put their stories on the show is, is like, it's like John, where they think that they're one person and um, sort of racked with fear that maybe they don't even understand they've got. They're just bipping along and doing their lives and then bang, and then they reach, they have this amazing experience where they reach their higher self, which is what yeah. happened in your session with John. You know, he thinks that he's just yeah. going to like look at, you know, that missing time and, and figure out what happened to him as a kid. But it, there was this quantum leap from that to him now channeling oh, yeah. his higher self. And when I had him on the show last week, he said, that really blew my mind. Like that really kind of scared me. And, and I think that as humans, it's a bit like your teachers are saying, it's like, we have to own that part of ourselves as yeah. being us and not something that's other than us, like that higher aspect, that exalted wisdom that can channel through us do you want to talk about your experience with john as he um or any anyone really yeah as, as they reach that as, that higher self and that is and that's that's part of every session and in fact what's incredible just put a little little sidebar over here is very recently the last year or two a lot of the people come to me you know there's kind of a little process where you you do this practice together. Well, first you, you know, have a nice discussion. You look over their questions. And then we go into the quantum hypnosis session proper where we'll look at uh, a couple of other life realities, past lives, future lives, whatever. And then I will ask permission to speak with the higher self so that we can tie it all together. That's you. And there's healing and stuff that happens there. But really recently, last couple of years, a lot of people come in, we have this, you know, I tell them the outline of the, the agenda, usually of how it rolls, and we'll get started with that session, and boom, they're with the higher self, and the whole session is the higher self, and that is happening more and more and more. It's almost like they're like, we don't have time to waste with you looking at these piddly-poo other lives. They're, they're all cool. You can do that on your own time. We want FaceTime right now with you. And um, when, and I have, you know, I've been with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people hearing their higher selves talk. It's always the same voice. It's always that very authoritative, all knowing, just, you know, there's love there, but it's very, it's like a, a, a very wise parent um, and sometimes stern. 
but and they always seem to speak in the third person when higher higher self comes through but john chose to do his session seated on a couch and you see that in the film a lot of people like to lie down or recline he went to sit up but he was relaxed during his session and you know just talking about everything as we were journeying then when asked to see the higher self or speak to the higher self his body got really big and straight and tall and this booming voice as you know came out and gave so much good information and then suddenly after quite a while of that his eyes just popped open like i didn't even bring him back and i said oh you're back and he said yes but it wasn't still wasn't just my john it was higher self john and that's when the real information came through and he just and we just kept it rolling because he just kept sending out all this information about what humanity was going to go through and that there was a plan and there was a plan for him there's a plan for the planet and so forth it was the most astonishing session i've ever had in all my years and i i say this a lot i like you can't surprise me with anything that surprised me it was so it was such a directive i came through i went all chill bumps then when you just said that i was just like well, oh <laughs> yeah i still get them and it, and i was there and i've seen that footage a hundred times and i'm still oh my gosh that was you know it, i liken it to how you know it must have felt to be moses to speak to the burning bush or something <laughs> you know only even better so and i think that he has a problem owning that because like I said to him on the show, you saw me, he's still very self-deprivating. He's still like, oh, you know, please forgive me. You know, I'm, I'm you know, like oh, all that sort of. always that. I'm just a regular Joe. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, always yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, but he's coming into his own. You know, people have to grow into their bigger selves. Yeah. I, I don't usually call mine my higher self. I call it my big self. Mm-hmm. And now I have, it, it, it's just nicknamed my big you know mm-hmm. it takes a while to grow into your big and uh and he's a very humble gracious person you know as you know uh so some of that uh self deprivation kind of thing that's it's just him being humble he is actually being sincere that's not an insincere thing but uh, but it is indicative of how uh, of the problem I call it the problem where people don't accept that they might actually be the creator, you know, right. Right. Because what happens there? Number one, they've been programmed all their lives to believe that, you know, respect authority and, you know, you're not all that and, you know, don't be arrogant and, and, you know, you know, honor your father and mother and listen to your teacher and listen to your, priest and listen to your president or whatever and And god is separate to you and god is separate to you Mm -hmm. and it is absolutely not true so there's that piece that's very hard to bring back into the consciousness Mm -hmm. but then there's something else too that's even more important 
if you really are the creator, doesn't that bear some very difficult or hard to accept responsibility? If you're the creator, you're responsible for everything. And most people already have had it up to here with responsibility and they don't want any more. You can't add one more task to their day. And, you know, so what that's saying is you have to be consciously self-aware all the time and do what is best for everyone. Harm, do no harm. Well, that's a huge task for a human brain to understand, but it's not really, mm. you know, you know what my, what the mob is saying to me is that, um, responsibility is only a burden if you have a negative connotation attached to it you are absolutely spot on my dear that is it in a nutshell that's them <laughs> talking through me oh it's it in a nutshell <laughs> i you know this is fun because your mob's talking to my mob and this is <laughs> yeah. exactly but it's the truth you know don't you feel it it's the truth yeah it's nothing it is not a burden mm. it is an it's an honor it's a privilege Mm. It's your joy. Yeah. If you know, to I, to be able I, to help others is wonderful. I often see the taking on the responsibility as being the creator. If you look at the movie industry, because I worked in the movie industry when I was a young naturopathic student, and and you look at the way we we create film and movie, you know, we create characters and we create the villain. True. And that story, that movie, that creation of ours as a director or a writer or a producer is our baby you know and we love the villain as much as we love the heroine uh, and um, and so yeah you know we create all of it the good the bad and the ugly and and yeah and even the ego and the personality like um, uh, I'm often in touch with my higher self that just loves that little me that that yeah. worries that fears that questions you know she just like she is um you are my creation that ego part of you, that, that personality, you are my creation, like a character in a movie. And I love you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so she's your child. Yeah. Yeah. And so I see the me that is curious and wants to ask a lot of questions and, you know, wants to know that sort of that, because obviously the higher self has all the answers and then the lower self doesn't and so they ask the questions we ask the questions because we don't know we, we get self-deprivating and we beat up on ourselves and criticize ourselves but yeah we can love all that as well as as a creation we of can. our self yeah and play that role it's all part of the it's all part of the perfection right. that we are mm -hmm. i have a question for you karen do you know what your first word was no i don't no i i just wonder if you i just wondered if you were mine was why Oh, wow. How <laughs> awful for my parents. Can you imagine? I would why, say that why, mine was why, mine too. Why, <laughs> why, why, why? Oh, oh that's my Lord. funny. Why? That's funny. I bet, yeah, most, I bet it was yours too. Probably. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, most babies say da, 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 or mama, mama. I remember my daughter. Now, I can't even remember. I did tell her and I did write it down. It's too many years ago now. I think she said something like shoes or something. It's not a random word. That was her first word. I'm like, that's that's her first word. <laughs> Why? That's hilarious. I love that. My youngest son's first word was exit, believe exit. it or not. Wow. Exit. Yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny little story. But you know, I was taught my sons to read and and learn math and so forth as a game from birth on. Just, you know, it was just a matter of what we did with each other. 
it wasn't a formal thing. And so my youngest son, John, was uh, barely, you know, putting words together, but I had flashcards of all the words. And so he could read before he could put sentences together verbally. And at the time, his grandfather, uh, or excuse me, his grandmother had a heart attack and was in the hospital. So we're in the hospital and there with my my four-year-old and my and my baby in the waiting room. And of course, you know, over the door, there's that big bright red exit sign. Oh. And we were doing the cards and everything. And, and he pointed, he kept pointing up at that. And I realized he recognized that was the word. So I said, exit, exit. And, you know, for a week we were there doing stuff and he would point and say exit, which is fine. He was mimicking, but when we were finally, you know, just sitting around at home and, and uh, he wasn't doing his little reading exercise. I said, how are you today, baby? And he said, exit. <laughs> and everything was exit, 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 exit. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means, but. I think he you enjoyed. The, I think he enjoyed the sound of the word. It's kind, it's kind of a probably cool word. Exit. Kind of a cool word. How, also, how, he, you know, maybe he came into this life. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> how have your family? Um, how do they? You know, are they on board with you? Are they, when I say on board with you, are they psychic as well, or have they gone into more yeah. mainstream vocations? How are they? How's your interaction with them? For the most part, they're all mainstream, including my children. When they were younger, though, they will hate me for saying this on film, but both my sons had contact early on. I never talked to them about it or we didn't speak about it, but they were constantly drawing pictures of their little friends. And I have tons of stories I could tell you that that validate that they were having contact. As they got older, of course, they didn't want to stand out or anything. And so they kind of went mainstream and that's fine. Now uh, I have four grandchildren, three grandsons and one granddaughter, and they have also had contact. In fact, two of my grandsons from that youngest son, um, I had a major contact event with them and their mother when we were going uh, trick-or-treating for Halloween. Uh, In 2011, there was a huge mothership that came up in front of us and I filmed on my little iPhone 5. In fact, uh, there's a snippet of it in the film. It's, it's a, a UFO up in the sky with lots of sparkling lights. You only see it for a split second, but that's mine. Um, but at the time, my oldest grandson, I think, was four, and the youngest was one, or it was five and two. But the little one said, said oh, that's that one that's over our house at night when they come to play you know and, he, and the other one's like yeah and he said what and and they said yeah 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 anyway there's a lot more to that story it finally was um linda moulton howell uh and the move because i reported it to mufon after what uh the mufon director for the state of missouri and linda moulton howell went on to coast to coast radio and told that story um so there's a lot more to it but so those grandchildren all have had contact and uh, my, my siblings did too, uh, at least two of the three that I know of. My brother, Mark, is uh, 
our stories featured in the film a little bit from when I was nine and he was eight and we saw a big ship in the middle of the night in the forest. That's a whole tale to tell for another time. But um, to this day, I think he's still, you know, after, after childhood, he believes that we both had the same dream. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to admit that that was real, but how unreal a statement is that, that no, we were just kids and we had the same dream. Yes. The human mind can be yeah. very closed as we know. Yeah. But interestingly enough, like you've been bipping along doing your work for so many years and, and um, just seeing private clients and having small groups and they can kind of, you know, ignore you a little bit like mom, you know, she does her thing, but now that you're in a yeah. movie, <laughs> And because I see this movie getting a lot of attention, not like a Hollywood movie, but for yeah. a documentary of this uh, on yeah. this topic, I see it doing really well. And Thank so uh, they can't really ignore that. You know, how, how are they no. feeling about you being in the movie and in the film? <gasps> well, when before it was released, there was actually like a, a closing off because it, we were doing a lot of marketing, a lot of, you know, social media and stuff and and they were uncomfortable you know they they both live uh, lives in a small country town um, they both have great jobs they're very successful and everything but but they're more mainstream everyday guys you know uh, and and their friends are all that way and it's embarrassing nobody wants to stand out like a you know sore thumb uh, so that was a little bit uncomfortable and um, I think we've just agreed to not talk about it that much, but you, you know, it's out there now. It's, it's all across the board, five-star ratings on Amazon. It's like eight out of 10 on uh, iTunes. It's, you know, it's highest ratings on IMDb. You can't, it, you just can't get away from it. And pretty soon it's, you know, going to be international. And so I just, try to be as compassionate and loving as I can with everyone not and you know I I maintain a corporate presence still and everything and, and so you just meet people where they are and I don't talk about it if they don't bring it up uh, but you know if I go to a family event and all their friends are there and they're all talking about it, it's really kind of hard to to deny so I think you know it'll all play out but I think they would rather I was just a regular mom at this point, but I am who I am. And uh, you know what I say know. to that tough luck time to wake up. Kids can't be sleeping anymore. You, you know, nope. you can, I like, we have life affords us the opportunity to have our mainstream 3d lives and to be completely ignorant to all this stuff. But have you not heard? Humanity's going through a shift in consciousness. It's like I know. there's no, you that's, know, the, 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 the time, the time yeah, for being asleep like, is over. Mm, sorry. It's like what we were saying a while ago about people don't want to uh, accept that they might be the creator. It's the right. same thing. Mm -hmm. They don't want to accept that we actually, that this is actually happening. Right. It's undeniable that it's happening. It's I mean, undeniable. you cannot look at any anything without being hit in the face about ufos ets right you know quantum consciousness uh you know just everything all of this is just 
it just, it's getting more and more the mainstream conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't hide from it forever. Right. But, you know, um, I, I, I think that's part of my work too, not just helping the white people up, but also helping them through this transition in a compassionate and loving way. You know, some little kids are terrified to get on a bicycle and mm-hmm. learn how to ride a bicycle. You have to take extra care with that child, you know? So that's a, not just with my own children, but with, with, you know, the global children. Yeah. That's where I am. So. Yeah, because, you know, like you, I've been doing this for a long time and I've been podcasting or on radio for about 12 years and I've seen mm-hmm. the evolution in the expanded, oh. expansion of consciousness and the evolution of the conversations that are available for us online, you know, out there on radio, online. Oh, incredible. And, you know, John was on Jeff Mara, the Jeff Mara podcast, and I was just yeah. on as well. And we chatted about that. And uh, <laughs> anyway, have you been on it? I'll introduce you to Jeff. I have not. He's I have gonna, not been on it. I would love it. I think well, he does, you know, he, he does this as a profession. I don't do this podcast as a profession. I do yeah. it just to spread consciousness. So I do it once a week. He does, you know, he speaks to somebody every day. I think it's seven days a week. I think no. he does well, at least six days a week. And then on yeah. the other day, he, he does a bit of a group um, conversation, but he, his podcast is only two years old and it is wow. just raging. Like the amount of views that he gets, it just flabbergasts me. It, but what it says to me is, wow, look at the amount of people that want to listen to these conversations. Like it's yes. just the expansion of consciousness. So I so celebrate what he's doing. And he started Me it. Too. He started it. Anyway, we're going to explore his story in a, in a few weeks. But um, I don't think he started the podcast to talk about spiritual stuff. I think that he was interested in NDEs. It, and, he, and he had one person on yeah. the show that talked about NDE, New Zealand girl, Chris, I can't remember her name. And then it just ex- it, it exploded and then he went in that direction. I don't think he meant to, yeah. but he just followed that flow of the people yeah. seeking this information. And, and um, yeah, so it's, yeah, we can't ignore it. And you see, it. that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. If you, if you allow things to flow and, you, you know, you start out with a little uh, outline of a plan that you might want to do or something for something you want to achieve, but you get in your own way when you try to control all of that, uh, when you just go with, you know, that's the universal message too. follow your bliss, follow your highest excitement, follow your joy uh, and do everything with love. Follow you know? your, yeah. Follow your curiosity it, too. Like, your curiosity. Mm. Well, I, I count that as excitement. Mm-hmm. I have never been curious without being excited. <laughs> you think about that. So but it all seems to morph into whatever, the, and, and you just have to trust it as wacky or illogical as something seems. Right, right. If that feeling state is there, that's your inner GPS system saying, keep on that road. If it's not there anymore, you need to look for it over here, over here, because until you tune into it, because that's where you're supposed to connect. Yeah, so. totally. Oh, darling, well, we've been yakking for about an hour and a half now. So I, I know. I'm we should, sorry. We should, don't, don't apologize. It's so, it's so beautiful and synchronistic that we were able to do that, especially just after I've spoken to John. So thank you, universe. I mean, that lovely lady that I was emailing that didn't, you know, I'll eventually talk to her because she's gorgeous. She channels some teachers as well. And, oh, lovely. Um, I, I felt very aligned with her too, another soul sister in the States. But um but yeah, the universe worked it out so we could chat this week right after John, which was perfect, really. Well, thank you because I know you were hoping for a day off. 
and you actually gave oh, that up for me. And I, I really appreciate that. I was like, if she doesn't turn up, I'll just have the day off. Yeah. But, oh. Uh, oh, look, I love doing that. I've, um, the guides have said to me, you know, do more teaching and less of this sort of showcasing other people. But I just, it's such a joy to speak with people. I just love it. I just absolutely I, love I it. Every time I think I'm going to be just like, just channeling the guides and, and not doing the podcast show anymore. I don't do it because it's just such a joy. So uh, I love speaking to people. Oh, love any, it. any last messages for people that you want to share? Be the best you you can be. That's, that's how we all do this. Just really come from the pure place of your heart and don't doubt anything. Don't doubt who you are. Don't be afraid. You are unlimited and we are infinite beings and we are meant to express that in every second of our being. And so don't play small, you know, don't be arrogant, be loving and kind and humble, but definitely don't be afraid. There is absolutely nothing to be afraid of and enjoy the journey. It's just so much fun, you know, just enjoy it all. And, uh, be the best you you can be. That's it. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your story yeah. with us, Debs. It's amazing. Oh, thank you, Karen. It's such a blessing to finally get to meet you and to speak with you. What an honor. I adore you. Thank you so much. I hope we can talk again. I can't, can't wait. How awesome is Debs? Isn't she fabulous? Loved that. Loved that conversation with her. Oh, we had a long chat as you do after the show. And uh, I booked her into the inner sanctum. I said, I've booked out for this year because I've got everyone in. And then I realized that I'd totally forgotten about October and I hadn't booked anyone in, in October. I tell you what, the star teachers are really making this connection between her and I because <laughs> normally I don't forget about an entire month to book in a teacher. That is bizarre. Like I looked at the the schedule and I'm like I haven't got anyone booked in for October how'd that happen because I've booked November and December and even into next year anyway so bizarre bizarre yeah soul sister the teachers I recognize her teachers same teachers same teachers teach through me the mob that I reverently call the mob yeah she's beautiful we were just talking about how she's been doing work with Costa McCreese who, who I've had on the show uh, doing the CE5s and, and um, mass meditations and she said that they did a, uh, a sort of conference, online conference, mass meditation, and they had like over 10,000 people join. And I'm like, whoa, we were talking about, you know, on the show, we were talking about how this work is expanding. And it so is, it really is. And, and we were also talking about after the show, uh, she said that she's got a lot of Australian uh, clients. And I said, I've got a lot of American clients. Isn't that funny? And um, I said, you know, I asked you specific questions about, um, how people react to who you are and stuff because I get so many American people saying to me I'm the only one I know in my family or my friends that thinks about this stuff and and nobody else wants to talk about it and everyone thinks I'm crazy so that's a lot that's a we have a that conversation a lot uh, with the people that join my groups my zoom groups and uh, she said that she gets that conversation from Australians too and I said really where are they but she said more from places like Tasmania because uh, there's a huge conscious community in Sydney. And, um, yeah, but she was saying that um, people could contact her more from outside of Sydney. 
Uh, it, it's amazing to me because I'm marinating in this conversation and everyone I talk to is like all my friends, like everybody. And so it's amazing to me to think that people don't tune into this conversation at all, that I forget that there's the mainstream world out there that just don't think about this stuff and they don't want to think about this stuff. Even my daughter who sort of like doesn't want to talk about ETs and asks me to stop talking about the ETs, um, she has this conversation with her friends it's her generation they talk about consciousness and meditation and and uh, she spent some time with some uh, buddhist monks down in a temple down the south coast recently so she's she's into the conversation she just doesn't want to talk about it from an et perspective which i find hilarious that'll change of course but uh yeah it's amazing to me that um anyway that's what these shows are all about and and i love hearing um stories of people that have these really successful linear mainstream human vocations lives and then they have this bang this massive spiritual awakening and they have these 180 degree shifts in their life from thinking that they're one person to another and that was somebody that i've just has reached out to be on the show uh, you know through the death of um, her son and and that's many of the conversations i have on the show through the death experience, awakened by death or ET contact experience. Yeah, the world is waking up. The world is waking up. So if you're one of those people that thinks you're all alone, <laughs> you are not. There are millions and millions and millions of people that are having this conversation. You just have to find your tribe. Your vibe attracts your tribe. So you will attract those people to you the more you start realizing that what you once thought was crazy and woo-woo is now your truth and that you are this infinite multidimensional being that um, can access broader awareness and fly anywhere in the cosmos, really, that you will attract others that know that too, whether it's initially on Zoom, but definitely in the physical. Because the, the thing about this is that most people don't talk about it when they're out at their parties or at work. Um, because they don't want to be seen as crazy or ridiculed. But when you are brave enough to open up and say, you know, I believe in contacting extraterrestrial life and higher civilization, talking to dead people and psychic ability and all that stuff, when you do openly talk about it, you find that there are others that also don't talk about it that go, yeah, I believe in that too. <laughs> and so you start finding your tribe. But uh, it's been so ridiculed through our media system. Still today, I see mainstream news programs, you know, bashing people that think that they're psychic and stuff like that. It, it's, yeah, it's been so ridiculed that people are reticent to talk about it openly. But yeah, talk about it openly. Talk about it openly and you'll find more people in your physical space that um, want to talk about it openly. Even if they've just opened the door, it's just a jar and they want to open that door even wider to see what's beyond this uh, mental construct that we have created in this world, which is rooted in limited thinking and limitation and separateness to find that unity. I think all of us, all of us, no matter who we are or what we do or what we think or what we believe, all of us want more love in our lives, want more feel, to feel more unified with love. There isn't a person alive that doesn't want to return to the truth of their source, even if they speak about it in a way that is um, very mainstream. You know, I've, my boyfriend, husband, partner left me and I'm heartbroken. That's that desire to return to that feeling of love. 
which doesn't ultimately come from the other. It comes from your connection to yourself, to your inner being, to your higher self, to your divine presence. And in a way, all of us are asking for that in one way or another. We're asking for it in um, in our careers. We're asking for fulfillment and uh, in our relationships and uh, in the stuff that we want. You know, we, we gather more stuff or we eat or we drink or because we're looking for that feeling of, uni of unity that we're, we're thinking that we don't have in this polarised world which explores separateness so beautifully. <laughs> so, yeah, we're all having that conversation in a way. Anyway, I'm going to go and um, I'll see you this weekend in the Inner Sanctum. Beautiful Jill is uh, coming to talk about being a prenatal medium she's excited she sent me a message and uh, dragon energy more dragon in in the group the inner sanctum group we've got on chat group on facebook lots of dragons lots of dragon energy the dragon energy is fierce in our group but there's just yeah we've been talking a lot about dragons and uh, i posted a picture of this big rock in a cave that looks like a dragon eye i saw on facebook this morning dragons 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 so we're going to have more dragons this weekend in the inner sanctum and Debs is going to come and chat to us in October, which would be great. We'll channel the teachers, the teachers, the teachers, and get some messages from the star teachers. Beautiful. All right. Love you all. Big time. Thanks again for listening and watching. And remember, check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already. Big love. Bye for now. <laughs>